Good morning. Welcome back to our second Angered in the Word morning reflection this week. And uh, we've been in Psalm 36. And so if you have your Bible, please let's turn there. And yesterday we talked about how David lamented as he looked at the world around him. Um, The people, the decisions they were making, the way they viewed God, the way they treated others who are vulnerable. And this morning, what we're going to focus our attention on is the goodness of God and how a believer who is suffering and dealing with the challenges of living at this season in life, how they can function with good strength and stability. And it's by turning their gaze to the Lord and looking to him and reminding themselves of the God that they serve. So we're going to look at the second part of the Psalm, Psalm 36, verses 7 down to verse 12. Here's what it says. How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God! Therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house. Thou shalt make them drink of the river of thy pleasures. For with thee is the fountain of life, and thy light shall we see light. O continue thy loving kindness unto them that know thee, thy righteousness unto the upright in heart. Let not the foot of pride come against me. Let not the hand of the wicked remove me. There are the workers of iniquity fallen. They are cast down and shall not be able to rise. Now, this passage is focusing its attention in these verses on the goodness of God. For instance, in verse 5, he says, Thy loving kindness, or excuse me, thy mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens. Thy faithfulness reacheth undo the clouds. We're going to go back to that by the end of our session. But before we do that, I want us to remind ourselves where we left off yesterday. We said we have to learn how to live in this world as long as God puts us here. And God's people throughout the scriptures are called overcomers, or in some places we would say that God has preserved a remnant a group of people who have been called out of the world and have been preserved in this fallen world. In Revelation 21, verse 7, he says, He that overcometh will inherit all things. I will be his God. He shall be my son. Or in 1 John 5, he talks about who an overcomer is. He is the one who is born of God. He overcometh the world. This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Over and over and over again in the book of Revelation, we see that God's people are called overcomers. They are a people who are preserved as they persevere through a very difficult world. Enduring hardship is a common part of the believer's experience. And it has been a common part of the believer's experience throughout all of human history. We, we go before the cross in the Old Testament Israel, we see that believers overcame. When we come to the New Testament, we see that believers overcame. When we talk about church history, after the time of the apostles, what do we see? The enduring of Christians. In Roman, or excuse me, in Psalm 12, verse 1. The psalmist writes, help, Lord, the godly man ceaseth, the faithful fail from among the children of men. Psalm 73, he says, truly God is good to Israel, even to those who have a good heart, clean heart. 
But as for me, my feet had almost slipped and my steps had well nigh slipped for I was envious at the foolers, foolish. I, when I thought on this, it was too painful for me. Now, what is, what is Asaph saying? What is the psalmist saying in Psalm 12? Well, they're saying hardship is a part of living in a fallen world. Revelation 6.10, how long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? This is a common experience. Well, the question we should ask ourselves is, well, how did David respond to this so that he would endure? And the answer is he turned to God and he turned to God to focus on his nature. For instance, in verse five, he says, thy mercy is in the heavens. He talks about how God is full of mercy. When God sees us in our struggles and in the difficulties of life, he doesn't look at us with this cold callousness toward us. He looks at us with compassion. He loves us. As it says in the Psalms, as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. He remembers our frame and that we are dust. This is the way that God views his people. And it's important for us to remember this as we're going through challenges. He's not looking at us with this cold attitude. In verse five, he says, your faithfulness reacheth unto the clouds. He's a faithful God. He's a God who, when he makes a promise, that promise is sure. It's sure because of his nature, his character. He doesn't go back on his word. He's faithful. We can rest in him. And so David reminds us of that. He talks of his righteousness. He says, thy righteousness is like the great mountains. I remember when uh, many, many years ago, my wife and I went to Colorado and we went into the Colorado Rockies and we were taking pictures up in the mountains. And when you look at the size of these mountains, they're absolutely beautiful. They're absolutely stunning. And when David talks about how righteous God is, he says his righteousness is like those towering mountains majestic, towering. God is good and he does what is right. And there is none that compares to him in righteousness. He talks about his judgments, how God actually mediates his judgments, the, the righteous character, how he relates to people in justice. And he says, it's like the great deep. On, on that Sunday, when I dealt with this text, I talked about the depths of the ocean. And we know because of, of, of the times that we live in how deep the oceans are. There's a portion of the Pacific Ocean called Marianas Trench. And that portion of the ocean is so deep that if you were to take Mount Everest and you were to put it under the ocean in that location, you'd have another mile to go from the top of Mount Everest all the way to the top of the sea. It's a stunning thing to consider. What that's telling you is that the ocean is massive and it is so deep. It's, it's something that we can't fully comprehend. He says God's judgments are like that. He talks about how God is not just faithful and merciful and righteous, but he's also kind and active in his creation. He says in verse six that you preserve man and beast. The fact that we don't die, that our lives are preserved, that we have the strength to do the things that we do, the fact that we have the provisions that we have, these are all a result of God's preserving hand. And then he talks about how God excels in loving kindness. He says, how excellent is thy loving kindness. Now, the reason that David did this is because the only way that he could endure the challenges of life 
was to recognize that though it is true that this is a fallen world, and though it is true that there are tremendous evils, and though it is true that there are things that he witnessed that were very, very troubling to him, it's also true that the same God that he's describing in these verses is his, is his Lord, his shepherd, his father. He's the one who sovereignly preserves his creation. He's the one who loves his children. And David had to keep this perspective properly balanced. Yes, there is evil, but there is also a good God and he is in control and I must run to him and I must rest in him. And that's what David is saying. And so as David did that, you and I, thousands of years removed from David, need to do the exact same thing. I want to encourage you, if this morning you are overwhelmed or whenever you're watching or listening to this uh, this study this morning, I hope, I want to encourage you, go back and reflect on, meditate on these aspects of God's character and ways that David did and think about them and remind yourself, in fact, these things are true. And this is the God who preserves my life. I can rest in him. May God help us to do that this morning. Lord willing, tomorrow we're going to continue our series as we unpackage this passage. Have a blessed day. Bye now.